0: please listen carefully. Hello! Hey everybody, I'm Elijah.
1: And I'm Jesse.
0: And welcome to Books with Brooks. Woo. This is a podcast about the books we love, why we think they're important, and why you should read them. Jesse, episode one. Yeah. We're here.
1: We're here. How are you feeling? <laughs> I feel good. I've got my coffee in hand. Perfect. Ready to go. Always
0: necessary. Yes. And so with that, and since we are ready to go, What's our first book? What's the first book we're going to be talking about?
1: Yeah, the first book that we chose to do for this is called The Living Church, and it is written by a guy called John Stott. It was published in 2007, mm-hmm. um, and you actually read it about a year ago, mm-hmm. yeah? But, um, yeah, we've, we've really found it to be insightful and interesting and helpful and um, thinking about some things that we uh, come across in everyday life, uh, and just interacting with the culture around us. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you want to share a bit about John?
0: Yeah, so John Stott was a Christian pastor, a writer, and a theologian uh, who worked mostly through the whole second half of the 20th century. Uh, he remained a pastor um, up in. To the nineties and even to the two thousands, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but they you know, continued to write. It was well read, um, well respected by Christians all over the world, uh, and unfortunately for us, he passed away in two thousand and eleven. So about nine years ago, but even so, continues to be as widely read, loved, respected, and influential to Christians all over the world. And before reading this book, uh, he has two other books that are probably his most well known works, one's mm-hmm. called, uh, well, two of his most well-known works, Basic Christianity, which is this little booklet, and then The Cross of Christ, um, which is a much bigger book, but just as uh, helpful, and I really liked this book because it's his personal reflections
1: mm-hmm.
0: on being in the church and working in the church and in ministry, and so it, he brings all of his wisdom and his knowledge and. Mm-hmm. Um, in a more unique way in comparison to his other books, which are a little different, mixes his personal experience with those things. And it was just really great, and I really loved it.
1: Yeah, he does do that, and mm-hmm. it it is helpful. So, like for you, you're much more of uh, an academic reader. You have always loved reading. Mm-hmm. And... I'm, not that I'm not an academic reader, whatever that, I guess, whatever that means, but I just not put found... labels
0: on things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it wasn't until, like, I think right after we got married, we had a chat of, like, I could be a theologian, too, mm-hmm. right around with you, but then going into reading those things sometimes was really challenging, because I wasn't sure what words meant, or, uh, the The way that they write can, mm. was quite overwhelming to mm. me sometimes. But that's what i really, you know, I've grown in that. But um, for those of you who feel that way with me sometimes, I really love this book because of that personal experience that he shares. Yeah. It's really honest and open in his thinking, in the way he describes things. You're like, oh, yeah. Mm. I see what I see what you're talking about. I can understand that. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. But you know, you read this about a year mm-hmm. ago, and this is my first interaction with John Stott, mm-hmm. and I'm really I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. he is really accessible in his writing.
1: Yeah, that's for people of
0: for people of all reading styles and levels and understandings. He's really accessible. That's one of the things that has mm-hmm. made him so great and influential.
1: Yeah, yeah. so in that, um, Stott uh, asks a big question. So he asks this question that he's wrestling with and seeking the answer throughout the whole book. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go into that? Tell us what yeah. that
0: is. The question he's addressing, and he will be addressing through this whole book, is essentially, how does the church exist in a rapidly changing world uh, that is increasingly seeing it as being a relic from an older and a different time? So as the world changes um, in the way it thinks, how does the church adapt, essentially? But then how does it adapt well, while maintaining uh, the characteristics it needs to maintain? And Stott's a really great person to answer that, having been in ministry for so long and seeing Mm -hmm. so many things. Uh, I think he was ordained or started working officially as a pastor in 1946. Um. So, seen a lot and experienced a lot of big cultural changes. Yeah. Um, So that's the question he's seeking to answer: How does the church exist Mm. in a time where it's being seen as irrelevant?
1: It's quite a big question, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's a very big question, and I think for. People in the church it's not necessarily a new question, mm-hmm. um, like we said, he wrote this book in two thousand and seven and I can mean I remember growing up in the church, and even as a kid, this was a question that even though you know being like a seven eight nine or ten year old yeah. right you still understand that this is a question that people and adults more specifically are wrestling with. Mm-hmm. how are we going to do this and That question is just as relevant in 2007, I think. And it's just as relevant in 2020 as it was back then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is interesting, because he's British, Mm -hmm. and we've been there, Uh but we're, you know, we're pure Americans, and we've seen two sides, (laughs) you know, and... It's. I find it fascinating because he is talking mainly about the West. Sure. But we've seen two sides of that, and even within the two sides, it's very different. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, he makes some great points of how it's grown and changed and how that actually implies to both places. But the reason I bring that up is because... You think about that, and then you narrow it down even further to whether it's denomination or area even within the country that you live. Mm. Like your smaller hometown or big city. And those churches are different from each other. There are so many different ways that people uh, do church. And I have like the air quotes going. But even that, so... When I became a Christian at the end of high school, mm-hmm. the church I went to is completely different than the church we're involved in now. Sure. And I've seen a few in between. Sure. And I think that's something we've realized a lot, especially in the past year, of learning how that looks and how that's not a bad thing that churches are different. Yeah. But then the important, you know they coming back and we're reading this book. Why is it so important to understand this main question?
0: Mm. You know? Yeah.
1: Because everything is different and we can accept that and it's good. Yeah. You know, um, he touches on that a lot. of It's not bad that places do it different. Yeah. Um, I guess. But the fact is if we can't understand this question then we might be missing out on a lot and causing a lot of issues
0: mm. yeah, and
1: straying away from what once was. And that's important to grasp that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's a good thing to know is that there is, you know, a healthy sort of diversity in mm-hmm. uh, wrestling with this question and acknowledging that you know, that the churches had diversity in certain areas, um, as far as practice goes, or maybe method goes. Yeah. Um, while maintaining essentials is important and we're just trying to figure out how to do that in a different way, in a different world. Um, I'm looking for a quote that he writes down here. I can't find it. (laughs) You can't find what you're looking for when you need it, uh, but you can find it every other time. Um, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. But essentially it's a quote talking about that same thing, is that there is a value to the diversity that we share and that we can bring to the table uh, as long as certain uh, distinctive things that are certain markers of Christianity are maintained. And like you said, we've you've had experiences in different churches uh-huh. throughout your life, and I, I have too. They haven't all been uh, the same thing. They all haven't been Um, ...identical, and they've all been different, and I would hope that I've learned from that. Um, It'd be a bad thing if I hadn't, Mm
1: -hmm. and I'd like
0: to say that uh, I draw from those experiences more than I probably actually do. Um, Is that it? Oh, yeah. There it goes. Of course, Jesse finds it in three minutes. Um, So he quotes um, a man uh, who is an archbishop in the Church of England named Rowan Williams who wrote that there are many ways in which the reality of church can exist. Uh, So that's what we're talking about, but then Stott adds something really helpful when he says, nevertheless, it has certain essential marks which always characterize an authentic and living church. Mm -hmm. That's what he's trying to get at, is how in this changing world does the church live and grow and adapt, so to speak, while maintaining what makes it the church. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a world where... We're change. we're the philosophy and the idea of the world and its structure shifting from we believe in human reason to we believe and value human experience more.
1: Mm-hmm. How does
0: the church adapt to that? How does the mm-hmm. church bring the gospel into that and live, so to speak? Because that's what he's getting at, a church that is living mm-hmm. um, and a church that's, you know, not dying, a church that's growing and being renewed and yeah. all those good things. And then how does the church adapt to a world where truth seem to be objective and now truth is relative and all these different things.
1: Yeah. So, bottom line in talking about that, we have to look at what what is most important. Yeah. In the church.
0: Yeah.
1: You can as Christians um as a community of Christians. Yeah, you know, that is what the church is. The church is the body of Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, a very simple way of putting it. And so, what what is the main purpose of the church? Yeah. Yeah, it is to glorify the Lord. To learn and grow in that relationship. And to share who he is, Mm -hmm. to share the gospel, the good news, that love, that care, um, that mercy and forgiveness, that whole thing, and that is a core to all of this, isn't it? That's very important, Mm -hmm. Um, but just saying, you know, we look at culture, and that's a huge part of how we stay in it, Mm -hmm. because that is human Reality in that never changes. Yeah. So I know we'll touch on that more later, but when we're talking about the intro into what he wants,
0: but in, it's important
1: to stay anchored in that. Yeah.
0: But in doing so, Stott, and this introduction to the book is based off the preface of the book. Yeah. Um, Stott identifies um, really kind of two just common reactions or ways in which the church in general reacts to the changing culture as it's seeking to be what he's calling the living church Um, Mm -hmm. or the reaction to culture and things outside the church happening he notes particularly two common ways in which the church does this yeah what are those
1: two common ways
0: yeah he talks about, like, what he's calling, like, the emerging church. Oh. Which is a thing happening.
1: <laughs> I thought you were no. talking about, like... Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's the... <laughs> here, where's the book? It's right there. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going much more deeper just it. Jesse's only on
0: her first cup of coffee, so we're a little slow here.
1: Uh, Me too, so... Unless you are. So, it's the... What is it actually, it's the emerging church, but mm. then I always call it like the traditional church, but that's not what he calls it. He calls it, uh, right? He doesn't call that. Yeah, we'll
0: just go with that.
1: Yeah, he but I don't like, it it. I okay. don't like it. That puts a, uh, depending on who you are, that can put a different conservative
0: yeah, use? that's what that's what he goes for. Then yeah, he yeah, talks yeah. about it. Well
1: tradition means. and conservative sound can bring different meanings sure, to the table. Of course. So, but,
0: so he the emerging
1: and the conservative. Yeah.
0: And so at the time he's writing this book, like the emerging or the emergent church is the actual real movement that's happening of yeah. churches. And we don't need to get in that because he's also just using it generally. And so the emerging church, the first one you mentioned, is or not the emergent church, like the movement, but emerging churches as an emerging in in general, yeah, are kind of these churches that um, see what's happening in the world outside, and they're like, we're gonna take anything and everything that could be good to reach people, yeah. So whether that's um, sacrificing actual biblical distinctives in order to accommodate culture or adopting any kind of practice that will draw people into the church. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what he's getting. These churches that are changing and adapting to what's new because they're new and they could be useful. So that's kind of what he means when he's talking about an emerging church in Mm -hmm. this sense. And what is he talking about with the conservative or the quote-unquote traditional church that he's talking about?
1: So... What he's saying with that is those um, traditional deep root churches. Mm -hmm. Um, However, sometimes those churches can be the stick in the mud that never want to change. Mm -hmm.
0: Kind of like this is what we've done, this is how we've always done it, and we're going to do it until the world ends. Type of deal,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Where sometimes they they don't necessarily want to interact with culture. You know, culture is kind of the thing that you stay away from because that's the thing that's causing people to go astray, yeah. or that's making the church's life harder.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, not all. Right. Right. We're just talking about the danger of. We're, we're
0: talking about two ends of a spectrum here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because not all are that way. There's definitely the two in between. Because we we'll, um, I want to read this part, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, because he, he talks about how the emerging church and the conservative church need to be talking together. Yeah. Because we need them both to work together.
0: And because often being at this spectrum that he's laying out and uh, that we're seeing,
1: they don't. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times I think we can get the mindset that one is worse than the other. Yeah. And That's part of what we're working through this, but based off of preference. Sure. We do that sometimes. But so he says, It seems to me that traditional and emerging churches need to listen attentively to one another with a view of learning from one another. The former must recognize that much of what we recognize as traditional today, was itself once revolutionary and even emerging, and therefore be open to today's creative thinking. The latter should be wary of loving newness for newness' sake. We both could afford to be less suspicious, less dismissive of one another, and more respectful and open. For as Archbishop Rowan Williams has written, there are, there are many ways in which the reality of church can exist. Nevertheless, it has certain essential marks which will always characterize an authentic and living church.
0: So you just brought that quote we read yep. earlier into context. Yep. In that broader context of, hey, we need to be listening.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: understanding that there are good things that we're at least thinking or coming, at the very least, and this isn't to say that this is the only way in which it happens, that There are good things in the way that we think or the way we see things. Yeah. And we need to be listening to each other on those things.
1: Yeah, and that's where he makes the distinction between traditional and conservative, I think, right? Because Mm. conservative um, is what what he's saying in this sense is that they conserve what scripture planning requires. Mm. That's what he means by conservative. Mm. And, you know, he goes into how you know, scripture is unchangeable, culture changes every day, you know, and how we have to be set on that, but we also have to be interacting, so, yeah, coming full circle.
0: No, that's, that's fantastic, <laughs> that's a hard thing to do, um, probably always has been a hard thing to do. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. We
0: like as people to think that we're right, and that we know exactly what we're talking about and the way we do it is the way. Yeah. Um, and it takes humility, it takes um, love for each other to be able to listen to each other like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but then also, you know, it obviously takes the Lord's help to be able to move away, move um, a way forward and provide a way forward um, for, you know, adapting to the world we live in. Again, for lack of a better term, yeah. what he's talking about.
1: Because if we're not engaging in what's going on in the world around us... Yeah. Are we doing what we're asked to do in scripture? Yeah. Right. We're not. Right. But if we lose total sight of what scripture says in its authority... Then we're also not doing what we're... so You know... Mm. What we are created and called to do. Right. So on that, I've been thinking a lot about this. Um... And this came to mind again when uh, I read the preface. <laughs> it was called preface, you know, when you say it. But <laughs> preface. <laughs> uh, you get stuck in those ways sometimes. Anyway, so one of my thoughts that came to mind was the importance behind studying and aligning yourself with scripture and leaving our own opinions out of it when we come to that Mm. of sometimes i myself included we feel like we're so right because we feel so passionate about about something Mm. that's going on around us and we like to bring our own opinions to scripture and read them into it and that can be the danger we fall into as an emerging Mm. church that
0: Mm. or even as a this other end yep. sort of the spectrum, conservative traditional church. Well, exactly. Yeah.
1: Both sides all together. Um, and it's just I had a conversation with a friend about this the other day. Of thinking what that actually means and how you know we are sinful people, so why do we think we're right about mm. everything? Well that's exactly there what There you think go, the bingo. Right <laughs> but in that that's where we have to come to terms with what the Bible says is is what it is. Mm. That is, period. Yeah. And that what is, is good. Yeah. So why do we try to read other yeah. things into it? Um, but I think that's very important as we step into the next few chapters. Yeah, because that's going to be a, a theme mm-hmm. throughout this book. Yep. Um,
0: is That's going to be one of the threads that runs through all the chapters. Yeah. Is that we're submitting ourselves to, to Scripture, to God's Word, and therefore to God. Yeah. As we live as his church, which belongs to him, doesn't belong mm-hmm. to us, which is a distinction we'll get to, we'll yeah. talk about. So, with all that said, we talked about the question Stotts trying to answer: How does the church exist in this changing world? Um, we've talked about the different ways or the different reactions the church can have to culture and the two ends of this spectrum that he's laying out. So what is Stott's answer? What is he seeking to do with this book? What's his point in writing this book?
1: Are you asking me? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to go wild about it. You know, his whole purpose is talking about what does the church do? What is the point of Mm. it? Really? Yeah. And how, and what our part in that is?
0: Mm. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. I think he's what he's trying to do is, you know, he uses this the this idea of an emerging church and what he's talking about this church that likes to embrace newness for newness' sake mm-hmm. um, to its fault, and then this really old school traditional conservative mindset, which to its fault, as he does say, is like a stick in the mud. It's the picture he uses, right? Yeah. It is. Um, what he's doing is kind of, you know, trying to provide a middle way.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: in, the, in, this, in the preface, he calls it radical conservative. And yeah. what does he mean by that? What does he say is his definition?
1: Radical conservative, conservative churches. Whatever it's exactly about. So he says uh, that he's often said we need more RC churches. Which is not Roman Catholic, but radical conservative, and that's what I said earlier. Uh, conservative in the sense that they are conser- conservative in what Scripture plainly requires, yep. but radical in relation to that, to that combination of traditional and convention, which we call culture.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's great, and that's the way he's going to provide forward. And um, as we're reading this and talking about this, and hopefully as You all pick up this book and read it. That's going to be something that hopefully you're facing challenge with because I know personally, as uh, someone who likes to look at the past a little too often wearing uh, rose-tinted glasses and admiring the past and loving the past, i probably err towards that side
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: a little too much. And so that's something that when reading this I was uh, wary of and something that helped a lot the first time reading it. And reading it a second time has also been a continued challenge. Yeah. In my thinking and even in, in practice. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say?
1: He does say in that section, I want... This was a, quite a new thought for me. Living church also means authentic. Hmm. That's huge. Mm. You
0: know. It's a great cliffhanger because I'm sure you want to talk about that, but he's going to get into that. <laughs> he
1: is. In the so the first chapter. The first chapter is called Essentials. It's God's vision for His church. We're ready, and we can't wait to talk about it. That's what we'll be talk talking about, about next it. time.
0: In the meantime, um, please subscribe so you can follow along. Yeah. Um, please listen, uh, share it with your friends, share it with your family, uh, anyone else you think may benefit from it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Ultimately. Have some conversations. Yeah. We think it's very important that when we hear things, read things, that challenge our thinking, um, that we have conversations about it and hear other opinions and perspectives. It's good for us.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, ask us any questions that come to mind. We'd love to keep the discussion going.
0: Absolutely. So once
1: again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Bye.